Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Today's episode is part one of a discussion about the hopeful topic of restoration. So let's dive into today's conversation with our hosts. Welcome to the premiere episode of Truth and Grace with John and Mark, where we talk about living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Good to be with my good buddy, John Bailey, today. John, always good to be with you. Great to be here, Mark. What's our topic for today? Today, we are going to talk about restoration. I love restoration. Restoration of old cars, <laughs> restoration of old houses. You know, what kind of restoration are we talking about today? <laughs> today, we are going to talk about a restoration of our lives, just the brokenness that we go through. And uh, this week, we were actually talking in the office and uh, we were talking about how many pastors and leaders, and it's been well-documented, how many are just ready to quit because of just going through broken times. And one of the, the people in the office said, you know, back to us, well, not only pastors and leaders, but there's a lot of people that are ready to quit. And so today, as we're talking about the subject of restoration and brokenness and redemption, we just want to really hone in because a lot of people live with their brokenness. It, it, you know, they, they just continue to you know, sort of sweep it to the to the side, not really dealing with the issues. And today we want to talk about what it means to really deal with the brokenness and the restoration in our lives. And so, hey, you've been a minister uh, both across America and around the world. And I just maybe thought you would start off today by just sharing with our listeners today, you know, if, if somebody is going through a real time of brokenness or hardship, what would you say to them? Uh, today as we start into this this series on on dealing with the issues of life? Yeah, you know, it's a great question, John. For me, you know, before I even think about like my ministry in across America or around the world, I think about my ministry at home. Mm. And the truth is some of the greatest pain and brokenness I've ever experienced has been in my own house. Yeah. You know, where times where my marriage wasn't perfect or, you know, my relationship with my kids wasn't great or my kids didn't, they chose alternative paths than I would have chosen for them. And that created pain in my life. But one of the things that I've learned and I would want every person listening to know is that we serve a God who raises the dead. That's right. You know, we, we read the Bible and we go, okay, we read the re- the re- resurrection story, <laughs> but God continues to resurrect lives. And there's not a thing that one person listening to this podcast is dealing with in their life that God can't restore. There's yeah. no brokenness beyond God's ability to redeem. Amen. Well, and you know, one of the things, Mark, is we value here is authenticity. Yeah. So we we really want to, to really model that in the way that we do this podcast. So, you know, you talk about some generalities. Is there something specific that you could talk about maybe in a family situation where you encountered some brokenness or difficulty in, in your own life or marriage or with your children that that you really had to rely on the Lord to come and help to put those pieces back together. Yeah. And, 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 and to be honest, you know, we talked about being authentic. Some of these, you know, it's not like a one and done. <laughs> God's still at work, you know, yeah. and, and we've all been around people in their lives where we're like, you know, you know, one, one kid's doing great and the other one's working on their testimony. You know, so th- there's that whole thing. It's it's not that everything is all perfect. That yeah. you know, it's not like 
everything has been restored perfectly. But, yeah. but I can see that God is in the process of restoration. So one of the things I think for me is in, in the, as I've gotten a bit older, I've realized that God has kind of used me to be a spiritual father to people who don't have mm-hmm. spiritual fathers. Because yes. I've discovered, especially this like 20 to 35-year-old group, they're desperate for spiritual fathers. Well, yeah. I, I feel like the pain that I've suffered yeah. from my own failings as a father and then turning those over to God, not just saying, okay, I blew it, but saying, okay, God, I know you want to redeem this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try to see it redeemed in my own child's life, but I also want to see it redeemed broader than this. I want. Yep. I don't want this pain. I don't want one ounce of pain wasted. Yep. So how can you redeem this? And I've seen how God has used that pain in my own life, my own failings, mm-hmm. and He has used that to give me often to give me authentic relationships with that twenty to thirty five year old group that makes me a, a respected spiritual father that mm-hmm. they actually want to listen to because the answers that I might have are ones that are tested, you know, through adversity. And uh, so I think that's part of it. Well, that's that's a great answer. And knowing, you know, you've been in ministry for years and, you know, God has really used you in powerful ways. But you you know how things work in church life. Um, A lot of times in the church, we come in, we know how to put a big smile on our face and you see somebody on church, at at church, or just even in, in life, you know, how are things going? Everything's great. And we know how to put these masks on, but many times underneath those masks, there's some deep hurt and wounds. And so if somebody's watching today and they go, you know, I find myself living at that place a lot. I'm putting one image out maybe in public or with other people, but there's some, there's some deep issues that I just keep trying to avoid. So what, what would be maybe something you would say to somebody that's maybe living that way and they're going, man, I'm I'm living not only broken, but sometimes I feel alone, that nobody really knows what I'm struggling with. What, what's the answer to that? Well, I don't know that there is an answer. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the old thing where, you know, Jesus is the answer, you know. <laughs> but and, and yes, of course, in one sense, he is. But I would say he's the he's the he is the answer. But there are a lot of keys that open up the house. Yep. to get in to that and for healing and for restoration. Yep. And so, you know, a couple of things that come to my mind on that is, one, none of us get well by ourselves. That's right. Community is so incredibly important. And, and could I say this? Authentic community. Because sometimes if you're in community right with people and everybody's kind of putting the walls and the mask up, that's not really going to help you. The, all you do is have a lot of people that kind of have this, you know, fake smile all the time. and I, I think you would agree we have to get beyond that. So that that community, and I know I'm I'm agreeing with you, but that community has to has to be um, you know, authentic in the way that we can really get to the roots of the issues. Absolutely. In an honest way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny that you said that because that would take me to my next point, which is if you can't name it, you can't fix it. <laughs> That's right. Yep. So you gotta own it. You know, yep. it, it can't be somebody else's fault. You gotta own what you, what, what, what's yours to own, you know, now what I've discovered in my own life is particularly, you know, I think the, probably the the most Mm -hmm. painful things we're talking about. So when we talk about restoration, probably the number one thing we're really talking about is restoration of relationships. Yep. 
Th- those are the most painful mm-hmm. of, of breaks. You know, pain is directly proportionate to intimacy. Yep. You know, the deeper I am connected with somebody, the more intimate my relationship with them is, the more open the door is for hurt. Yep. You know, a person that I don't know well says something to me that, you know, is could be potentially hurtful. I'm like, I don't know you. Why do I care what you think? It precisely. You know, but if somebody that I care about says something to me, of course, there's a, it's like a, you know, a dagger in the heart, you know? So in all relationships, I think we have to say, even if 95% of this issue was on somebody else, mm-hmm. I have to look at it and go, what's the 5% that belongs to me? Yep. I have to own it. I have to name it because if I can't name it, I can't fix it. You know, and restoration won't come if I can't own my part in the brokenness. Yeah. And just to highlight on this too, though, and, you know, again, I want to put this in a form of a question, uh, but it is a bit of a statement as well. So sometimes, sometimes what we do is we can name it and we can own it within ourselves. And I agree with you. That is a big first step. Sometimes the the depth of the relationships that we have are kind of told by how authentic we are with people that are close to us. Because just to name it and knowing it myself doesn't necessarily get us to that place where the Bible talks about you know confessing your sins one to another, uh, confessing that brokenness, talking about the hurts. Because as you do that with people who are authentic believers, that's the pathway to healing. So. How how important once you've named it and once you've owned it, now how important is it to have people around you to help walk you through it? I think it's incredibly important. And I think it's important to have people around you who will tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, you know, we all like to have people tell us nice things, but mm-hmm. I don't usually grow with that. Yep. You know, it's it's the mirrors that are accurate, <laughs> you know, Um <laughs> I went to a dermatologist years ago and the the doctor was like had this particular mirror and these lights that highlighted every single flaw in my skin. I mean it was hideous. Right. The, but the truth is that that lens and that that mirror and the lights they were 100% accurate. <laughs> You know, the soft lights are much better. Oh, yeah. Aren't they get those soft lights yeah. kind of hide all the flaws? Well, you know, anybody that knows me knows, you know, I, I, I'm vertically challenged, you know, I'm short. And so, you know, several years ago I went to, uh, I was traveling, I've traveled for years cause that's part of what I did, you know, as a missionary. And I was traveling in the Arabian peninsula where a lot of those oil countries where there's a lot of money and wealth. And I was staying in a particular hotel, nice hotel. And I was getting ready to leave my room and I was looking in the mirror and there was something about my image in the mirror that, that looked, I don't know the way of saying this, it looked nice, uh-huh. but there was something that didn't exactly look right. And I actually found out later on that this particular hotel chain wants everybody in the hotel to feel good about themselves. <laughs> so they tilt their, their mirrors at a, Really small degree, like a five degree tilt from the wall. Yeah. Because it makes everybody look taller and thinner. I want those in my house. I want them to walk those with, in the bathroom. Yeah. I want them to walk with me in reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, that's like kind of the guy who wants, doesn't yeah. want to know the truth. Yeah. Just wants 
to feel good about himself. So we have to put people around us that will tell us the truth. Then, you know, when, when sometimes all we can do is try to make things right from our, from our own perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, Bible says, as much as it's up to you, be at peace with all people, you know, that both peace, be at peace as much as it's up to you. Sometimes it's not in our hands, but Like I remember talking to my kids years ago and saying, look, it's not enough to say I'm sorry, because Mm -hmm. to say I'm sorry keeps the power in your hand. What you have to do if you're going to see true restoration take place is you have to put the power in the hand of the person who was offended. So what you do to do that is you say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Very good. Because that puts the power in the hand of the person who was offended the person you offended. Mm -hmm. So you take, you give them the power. You're the person who's weak. Now what they do with that Mm -hmm. is in their hands, but your heart can be right before God. So you got to take these steps one by one in order to get to a place where kind of like you're opening the door for the Holy spirit to come in and bring like true restoration. Very, very good, Mark. And so we're we're first saying you got to own it. Secondly, being authentic where you can share it with people that are close. And then when need be, asking for forgiveness. So so here becomes the tough part. So you've owned it. Now you're going, hey, I'm talking to people that I trust uh, to help me navigate and find forgiveness. But then the part that probably becomes the most difficult, and it is it is the tension that we all live with. And the tension that we live with is is that place of going, I know that something is broken. And then when I start on the path of healing, it feels like we get to places where there's barriers and we don't know how to navigate through it. It's the hard things. It's those things that actually call for change. And I think that that's the place when you talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, that's where you need God because most of the time we spend our times trying to fix our problems. And if we could fix it, and we had the solutions. We would have never found our place <laughs> sure. to begin with. So now when we come to those places and we go, God, I don't know how to navigate through that. Can you give us maybe some of your experiences that would go when you hit those places and it's hard and you don't know how to move forward or it's painful and the past is so broken that you you go, I don't even know how to move forward. What do you do in those moments? Yeah, I, I think for two things, you know, I tend to be pretty introspective, you know, so I'm always, I'm looking inside mm-hmm. and that's can be a, an unhealthy place. You know, there's a, there's a proper place for introspection, mm-hmm. but if it's too much, it's debilitating. Yep. Um, and so I've learned two things. One, I have to learn appropriate forms of compartmentalization. Yep. Now that sounds like a very cold approach to something as <laughs> we're talking about restoration. But what I mean by that is we all have life that we have to do. If we're not careful, pain can cripple us. We can't get anything done. Yep. So on the one side is pain invades our lives and we become absolutely unproductive. We don't get anything done. Mm-hmm. We self-medicate. We do whatever. And, you know, and that can be all forms of self-medication, you know, yep. drugs, alcohol, sex, food, you name it. Can, can I tell you this yeah. just in my own experience? Uh, you know, and I, I've definitely dealt with this earlier in my life is that sometimes we avoid those broken places and then we tend to find areas that we thrive in. 
So like for me, it was work. Mm. And so I could get so busy and, and work or even doing good things in ministry yeah. that you sort of ignore those, those cracks. And I find as I get older, the longer you ignore those cracks, those cracks can really start to undermine maybe the good things that you want to do in life or, or ministry as a believer. And so, you know, just kind of going, it's not just, you know, sex or drugs or alcohol. Sometimes it's good things that we drowned ourselves in to keep us from having to deal with those really broken areas in our life. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yep. So, you know, what I learned in order to do compartmentalization is I can't yep. go on that end. I can't go on the end of the self-medication piece. Right. Well, what I, I discovered that there's a Christian and I, I'm using Christian in a, maybe I should say a religious alternative to that, which is equally toxic. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you just described. Yep. That's bury yourself so deep in good things mm. that, you know, you're using that as a narcotic, yep. you know, and the problem with that is that in religious circles and Christian circles, we look at that guy and we go, wow, mm. look how productive he is. Look what a great man. Yeah. He, man of God. <laughs> yeah. He writes books. He does podcasts. Yeah, yeah. He does this. He does yeah. this. He does this. And all of that's flowing from brokenness. Yeah. It's not flowing from wholeness in God. Now, those are the two extremes. I think there's a place in the middle. And that's where we embrace both of those. Mm. So we embrace the broken side. We we own it. We name it. We invite God into the presence mm -hmm. of it. And then in our process of daily life, I got to the place where probably one of the lowest moments in my life where I would realize, I mean, I had a lot of work to do. I had a very mm -hmm. demanding job. And I would have to write emails, you know, that dealt with intense issues. And sometimes... I just realized what I'd have to do is I'd say, okay, God, I need the next 15 minutes to yeah. write this. Yeah. I need you to help me get this done. And then when I finish this 15 minutes, I'm going to take five minutes and I may cry. Yep. I may, is it okay if I say I may swear? <laughs> it's okay if you don't swear. It's okay to say that you might have swear. Well, I, I, we will, so we will leave swear. that place. Okay. I'll we, let Gary Wilkerson yeah, deal with we're that. Talking about, we're talking about that kind of pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, that kind of deep hurt. Um, we're talking about, like, in that five minutes, I gave it, I just said, I got to get this. It, it was so emotive. Yeah. But I would draw an, a, a boundary. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to spend the rest of the day here. I'm going to yeah. give myself five minutes. Yeah. And then this is point two. So we talked about one. That was the first point. Number two is then I got to do the next right thing. Yeah. So that's how you get. So a, a sequence of doing the next right thing mm -hmm. builds momentum. Very good. I mean, the whole point of what got you into brokenness was negative momentum. Doing the next right thing after the next right thing after the next right thing, all of a sudden you get a string of wins. That's it. Nothing succeeds like success. <laughs> and then all of yep. a sudden you're like, you start feeling better about yourself. Yep. And instead of taking five minutes, I took one minute. Yeah. And then I would realize, oh, I'd go an hour before I would need a, you know, that emotional break. And some and after time, I got through it, you yeah. know. And so, and then the last piece I would name as we're you know kind of coming to the end here is some days you have to fight for joy right 
Nothing brings victory in our lives and healing in our lives like joy. Amen. You know, and it's it's this it's the presence of God. In my presence, there is fullness of joy. That's right. Not a little bit. Mm-hmm. Fullness. There's fullness of joy in God's presence. Amen. And so what I've discovered is that in doing those right things, mm-hmm. you know, and disciplining myself, I don't know another way of doing it for my own makeup mm-hmm. emotionally, is I have to discipline myself that I start coming out of those moments of despair. I start seeing hope. And Amen. then I... And, because what I've discovered is God was already in the process of restoration, John. I just didn't see it. 100%. And so as I started seeing it, then all of a sudden on the other side, I, I look back and go, not only did God restore, God made what I have today better than it was, better than the original. 100%. So. No, I couldn't agree with you more. So we own it. Uh, we come to a place that we share that with people that are close to us. And then what I love about this is maybe a little, you know, bringing down a little bit of what you're saying, but a lot of times it's choices. It's making a choice that I'm, I'm not going to behave that way. I'm going to behave this way. And healing can be a set of choices, but not just choices that we make in ourselves. It's when the power and the work of the Holy Spirit is breathed in to those choices and as you begin to see those wins, one win becomes another win, and you begin to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So many times we live in those broken places, and we live there so long that it becomes like a part of the furniture, like it's just a part of our life, and there's no hope to get out. And what we want to do for you today is we, we want to pray. If you've tuned in today, thank you for being here. One of the things that myself and Mark both really want to do is we want to make sure as you're listening to this that we take a moment to pray for you because you may be here today, you're listening in, and maybe you have an area that you've kind of shuffled off to someplace and you you just haven't brought it to the forefront. Uh, we're not here with judgment. We're not here to point our fingers. We're here as two people that have been through a lot of broken brokenness ourselves. And we want to just say to you, there's hope, there's healing, there's restoration. God doesn't want to just put a veneer on the top of things. He really wants to get to the root issues and he wants to give you victory. So we're going to pray for you. And then we're going to be back for a second uh, part uh, uh, next week. We hope you can join with us. But Father, today, I pray right now for everyone who's tuned in and listening that may be going through moments of darkness and marriage or in relationships or whatever area it may be in life. But God, you have the answers. And I pray today that, Lord, that we would learn the value, as Mark has said, Lord, to own the issues And then, Lord, to be able to be transparent with those people that are close to us in community. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us in those moments, that the choices can be difficult, but we need the power and the work of the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to give us the power so that we don't have to live in these places of brokenness, that, Jesus, you came, Lord, to to bring a fullness of joy, real power and real life. And, God, I pray, Lord, that everyone who's listening today that would just trust you, that, God, that you would do a supernatural work, and we will give you all of the praise and all of the glory, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Mark, thank you for sharing. This has really been helpful, and we will see you next week on Truth and Grace with John and Mark. 
Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. I hope you were as encouraged as I was. As a follow-up to our conversation, we'd like to recommend All Things New by John Eldridge. You can find more information in the show notes. Join us next time for part two of our discussion about restoration. See you then.